live. Are we good to go? I we're think good we're to good go. to go. Hello we and go. welcome to this week's uh, short combo podcast. Uh, I'm JC, let's get my fingers right, uh, Warrior of Light Cashman. And with me... As Miralai, welcome to the show, guys. Listen on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts and keep the conversation going. How are we yeah. doing, sir? Yeah, good. I, I thought I'd pick up from last week, actually, uh, yeah. because we have uh, introduced the <coughs> podcast and uh, we like to be uh, consistent with our delivery and everything else. We were talking about a podcast length, weren't we? Do you remember? Yeah, well, this came up a few times with our short combos podcast yeah. name. So, yeah, go on. Tell and us uh, I'm trying to find the actual note here, but I can't actually find the exact thing. But I believe podcast, the actual word podcast, came about because of the iPod and a way to cast a message uh, across. Mm. I think that's the where it comes from. And uh, there is no designated length to a podcast. Uh, it's advised that it should be around 30 minutes or, or that kind of length and it should have a topic and it should have, but yeah, there's no designate and I couldn't find anywhere like the shortest uh, world record podcast or anything else. So yeah, I don't yeah. know if you had anything to come back with us on that. Well, I, I looked at, because uh, I listened to a bunch of them and they do really vary. And I think that's kind of the fun of the genre, isn't it? Is I know yes. I've got a guy, he does little 10 minute, 10 minute messages. Like you said, it's not, I wouldn't necessarily call it what you'd say a classic podcast is. It's just him almost like writing in a journal, but doing it with his voice. And yeah, little 10 minute ones. And then, you know, the Joe Rogan experience, it's like two and a half, three hours sometimes. Uh, and I know ones that, that go longer. So I, I guess it's a really nice free form type of media yeah. in that sense that it can go as long as it needs to go. I think that's the big thing, right? Uh, that yeah. it goes as long as it needs to and not longer, not shorter. And that's, that's what's... That's what's and for right. us, we've put this as a podcast because we just thought it'd be cool to record our conversations. It's, you know, very natural. We are referring to notes and things like that at times, but I think it's very natural and uh, yeah. Uh, uh, all is good with that. I, I, I'm really upbeat. I'm all good this week. As no, uh, no pains or strains. It's the holidays. I, I'm on purposely trying to take it a little bit easier to uh, enjoy the time with the family, get that balance. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't feel like I need any therapy talk this week. Uh, just talk Excellent. about the world. But how about you? <laughs> I've been all right. I've actually I've had um, a flu, and it has been a flu and not a COVID. I, I got myself tested and made sure I was all clear. Uh, in that sense, but I've had the flu, uh, good old fashioned one, and that's just been horrible. Uh, just, just from a physical point of view, I've just been as, six. Yeah, just really drained, very tired, uh, and going all that. And it always brings me back every time I get the flu every year. It just reminds me that kind of health has to be number one because once your health goes, it's hard yeah. to do anything else. Like I just you don't have energy for work. You don't have any creativity in you. You don't have any, you just, you're just trying to function. And I just figure that's a baseline, like, you know, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And if you get really sick, you know, something more chronic and more serious uh, and that becomes your day to day, it's just like your, the rest of your life's going to hopefully not be put on hold, but it's certainly going to be just so massively impacted. So I think we just got to remember to look after ourselves because you can't yeah. look after anyone else if you're, if you're not looking after yourself. 
and appreciate the health as well. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, just uh, appreciation for when it's when it's good because we're all gonna get old and deteriorate sooner or later, right? Yeah, but you're all good now. You're all good. All, all good now. All healed up and uh, yeah. Again, same. Nothing, nothing to moan about too much. So we can just uh, we can have a nice light-hearted one for once. Yeah. And, uh, not yeah. not get into anything too heavy. Last week, I've written down overthinking and stress proverb. Why would have I written that down? Were we going to talk more about it? Overthinking a stress proverb. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that was going to be a quote you were going to dig up. I don't. I, I don't remember so. us talking about it, but we can certainly talk. I'm. I am guilty of overthinking. Uh, that's. That's. I'd say one of my character traits is overthinking. I think it's uh, possibly tied in with what we were saying, where I was saying about there's no certainty to things. Yeah. And uh, you, well, I spoke about the, yeah, that's it. I spoke about the stress proverb of uh, the uh, good wolf and the bad wolf and which one you feed it. That, that was last episode, wasn't it? Yeah. And I think I wanted to bring back to that, that uh, I've been looking at things as not being certain. So, for instance, if I've not got that bit of work done, it's like, it's all right. You know, it's, uh, I think... Uh, overthinking things at times is something that I do and I've I've started to manage a bit more and it's come actually a bit more productive it's like for instance you've got x amount of hours in a day and you you think oh I've got to cram everything in but sometimes it feels like it's a bit more than that's necessary and sometimes you know if you just take your foot back you actually end up in the same place if not further because yeah you've collected yourself a bit from it yeah, there's a there was a guy. I think it was a president, and he wouldn't re, he wouldn't read or reply to any letters he used to receive. This was like before email and everything. He wouldn't read or reply to them for at least a week because he found that within a week they would have mostly just sorted themselves out, uh, and there wasn't anything for him to do. Whereas if he opened them on the day he got them, he'd overthink it and then start trying to plan and fix things and all the rest of it. And he said the majority of stuff, if you just give it the space it can work itself out or it can at least present to you kind of what your options are. That's my thing is I, I jump on things a bit too quick. I see that maybe there's an issue and I'm like, right, what can I do right now to fix it right here? And a lot of the time it's not, it's not necessary. And when I look back on it, I just think, oh, if I just waited to make that phone call or waited to send that email another day, I might have handled that a bit differently. I think with today's means of con communication and uh, that seems to have even increased like with Zoom, like what we're doing right now and everything, the ease of it. And we're all guilty for it. But I think sometimes it's just attention seeking. And sometimes you get an email or you get a message off someone and it can be misinterpreted maybe through a text form and it appears the person or the person has quite uh, frankly made themselves you know, to be agitated or stressed or pissed off or whatever it is. Yeah, that, like you just said, you, you might not, like we have a thing with uh, the club that we always aim to get back within 24 hours. Uh, we think that's a respectful way. If someone's messaged you or just from a business point of view, we, we aim to get back within 24 hours. And uh, sometimes it might be the next day and you speak to the person and they're like, oh yeah, it's all good now, don't worry. And it's like, whoa, all of that. And you either misunderstood it or they just wanted a bit of attention at the time. Yeah. I think a hard part of it for, for me anyway, I don't know if you can relate to this. Uh, I try to always hold everyone to my own personal standard. 
So when someone has that sound of like anger in their voice or they're upset, I just think, wow, you're really bothered by, by what's happened here. Uh, because if, for me to get in the state that you're in, I'd have to be really, really bothered. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where I'm very quick to then be like, right, I need to do something about this because I can't believe I've let someone get to this stage. That bother. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then the next day, and this is where we then realize, oh, we're different people. Uh, then, like you said, oh, it's fine now. It's not even bothered. And I'm like, wow, because if I was there yesterday, whatever it was that took it to get me there, I'd probably still be closer to there than not there uh, today. Mm. So the fact that you've just dropped it like that means that, you know, it was a far more emotional response than you realized. And then that I realized, and uh, that's what I mean is I'm often like, wow, I wish I just spoke to this person today rather than who I spoke to yesterday, who was clearly just a, a bit of an emotional Distress. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, that, that drives me crazy. And that I find that to be the case more often than not that, that people are uh, different from day one to day two with stuff like that. Yeah. I liked uh, the, I can't remember how many episodes back, but you brought in the quote of the week. I liked, yeah. uh, and I, I've enjoyed doing that. I've got the quote. I didn't prepare this week, but I've got the quote in mind. I have to find it uh, before the end of, uh, do we call this a show or our, well, we refer to our conversation. Cool. Don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Our convo. Uh, I thought another thing uh, we, you know, we could throw in there is how about every week we have a top three. So you've got a list okay. of top three. Like we've spoken about movies, sweets, and different things like that. So I'm going to throw this one in. Uh, your top three modes of transport. So uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. Well, what's your top three or your top used or what you prefer? Uh, ways of getting somewhere. Okay, that's a, that's a great one. So number uh, are we going top three as in bronze, silver, gold, or just top three interchangeable this is a tricky one isn't it it's like when you say top three uh movies like mm. where do you begin and we said you know sweets i had to go with uh you know confectionery and uh chocolate and then uh dessert yeah i think we'll leave it open let's not let's leave it open. if it's ourselves. suited to be bronze yeah. silver gold we'll give it all right well then if maybe it's open. we should maybe we should explain though all right yeah. let's explain yeah that seems fair that seems fair. all right i would say my favorite the one that jumped off the page is actually just walking um i get the most from walking in general uh, and i find that if i can go for a little walk every day uh, you're a dog owner so you you appreciate this greatly but i find that just getting out and going for a walk without necessarily walking somewhere as in to the shops big big help and i enjoy doing it uh, then it would be it would be cars i've just had a horrific history with them <laughs> but i enjoy them and i like cars and i like a road trip and i enjoy a journey so uh, cars are in there and then the third one is one that i have done only once but i it, i want it to be my normal way of travel and it's an electric skateboard and that's an how, electric skateboard an electric not a segway not a not a whatever they were called uh, uh, what was the dodgy one they banned because they kept getting on fire? Oh, the hoverboard that... ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. no, this no. is uh, there. There's a company I'm trying to remember. Boosted, boosted boards. Okay. Uh, and it's it's if you looked at it, you wouldn't know. You'd think it was a classic skateboard, except it's got a battery under it. It's got a motor in it, uh, and it's got a little remote control to 
shoot you off uh, and make you go faster. And I rode one once and it was just the coolest thing. And I just thought, <laughs> this, is, this is the way I want to get around town. Uh, unfortunately, they're mad illegal uh, in the UK. So it's not, it's not currently an option. But that would be my, my favorite. Were you a moment. skateboarder as a younger kid? I could imagine you as a skateboarder. I went through a phase. It wasn't a very long one. I wasn't very good at it. Uh, but, but the <laughs> but idea of it just being prepared, but I had a phase. I, I, I don't know. I think everyone, either, it was either a bike or a skateboard or rollerblades. Someone, yeah. uh, every kid. So mine was, was a skateboard. I was big into the whole Tony Hawks thing. Uh, okay, but, all right. But, but more watching it and appreciating it and never managed to pull off a single trick in my life but yeah that, that's my top three an electric skateboard if they ever make them legal that's how i will get around You're especially in london i don't you know driving in london is what makes me uh kind of steer away from the car as much as possible it's not the best experience yeah hit me yeah uh i agree with you walking i love to walk lauren loves to walk i love to walk and there's just something primitive almost about it, I think. Uh, I love to walk with my dog. I love to walk on a mission. I, I love it. But there was one winter where we had like serious downpour of snow. Uh, I know your way, you seem to always get it heavier than us anyway. But we had a serious downpour of snow in the uh, community centers that we were hiring at the time. Dong, hit the dong. Uh, the, uh, they, they closed them because uh, our uh, community officers couldn't come out to unlock them for us. Uh, so out of principle, uh, I walked to the community centre. So it was like an hour walk through the snow with the dog. Uh, but uh, just walking down the middle of the highway uh, in two foot of snow, there was just something, yeah, primitive about it. So I, I yeah. really did enjoy that. Breaking it down. Well, second mode of transport is my camper. Uh, the just uh, yeah, there's just a joy of driving my 1971 uh, camper. Partly because if it breaks down, I know exactly how to fix it. Uh, you don't rush out into the fast lane to try and get somewhere quick. You know it's going to take you x amount of time to get there. Uh, you you know you can stand up and walk around in it. Not hopefully while it's driving along, uh, but I've been known to do that. And so yeah, the the camper I just like the driving position and uh, you know the the smile it puts on people's faces. So yeah, the camper is definitely the uh, in the top three there. And if if we went back to childhood, I loved mountain biking like you saying about skateboarding i love just yeah. not not tricks or that but just going down the woods i just love that i've uh, got a mountain bike but it just doesn't seem to be a thing that we i do at all go anywhere maybe i'll get back on the bike uh but the two wheels i'd like to get my bike license at some point fully like i've got a cbt i've got a 125 uh, i was scooting around on that it's off the road at the moment but i'd like to get a bike license and i found the bike gives you a bit of freedom uh, away from the car. You can be a bit rebellious. You can drive down ways you shouldn't. You can leave it where you shouldn't and run into town. You can, there, yeah, there's just an element of uh, being a rebel on a bike that I quite quite like the, the idea of. And uh, I'd want like a bit of a retro bike. I'm not bothered about some super duper 200 mile an hour a bit of a no. you know classic single lens front you know type bike so yeah that, that that's my top three this week i like it uh, those were those were good i enjoyed those uh, transport here in london recently has become uh, like a real hot topic because they they've made a lot of changes 
for whatever reason in relation to what's going on in the world and bus lanes are now all 24 seven and they've introduced a lot of new bike lanes where there weren't. So if you drive a car at the minute, it just seems to be getting worse and worse for you. Uh, And you're just seeing a lot of alternatives. And the big one recently is these electric scooters. And I don't know if you've seen any of these down your way, uh, but they're prolific over here uh, with the handlebars and everything, little electric ones. I've not seen them in our area. We don't have them around our town, but okay. I've seen them in Europe. Where Last year we went away or was the year before to Prague and uh, in different places where we've been with the tournaments of Europe. And yeah, uh, I think it was in, where was it? Prague, where uh, like we come out of a restaurant and there's like a van going round picking them all up because they get left and you know they've got a track or whatever and they just put them up and yeah. put them all in so i presume is it is that kind of thing is it you hire it's, one or well no so this is the thing is they are, these ones are all being bought privately uh so okay. they're 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 private ones they're not by a company the problem is is they are also as same as electric skateboards they're illegal uh and by illegal i mean they are counted as basically the same as you driving a Tesla. Uh, They are seen as an electric vehicle. So if a policeman pulls you over riding one, it's like driving a car that doesn't have a license plate on it, that isn't insured, and that hasn't got an MOT. That's how you'll be punishable under the law if you're seen driving one. Yeah, but they're everywhere. Like everywhere I go, I see people and we're talking the young, the old men, women, uh, some people with helmets, some people with not, some on the roads, some on the pavements, these things are everywhere. And I'm just thinking, what's going on? Because everywhere I read, this is, you're not allowed to be riding. To be doing this. Uh, But I guess it's just not a priority at the minute. So uh, everyone's, everyone's on it. Gets away with it. But I also just think, why are they not legal? Because... You know, if it, if it gets, if they can use bike lanes, what's the difference between being on that and being on a bike? It's not using gas. It's not polluting the environment. It's getting people out of cars. Some things just don't make sense though, do they? Yeah, or maybe we just haven't caught up to it. Maybe it just... This uh... is what, actually, you made me think, what well, doesn't make sense. Have you had these? Uh, we, Lauren saw a sign and came back and said to me, and then I've seen since, you know, it's clearly what's gone up now. Uh, she saw the sign first before they put them out. A COVID bike claim. <laughs> well, I'm guessing this is what I'm talking about with what's going on in London. That, But go there's, on, tell me, what's the difference a, with a COVID so bike There's line? a red COVID bike line sign. It's one road going into our town. We're not a big, big town, but it's a high street and everything else. You know, you use your shops and all of that. So it's one road. It's only on one side of the road. So maybe bikes only go north and not south. <laughs> uh, there's already a pre-existing bike lane, which I believe you're not meant to drive in in the first place anyway. It's clearly indicated by the change of color and the white line. So I don't see what, what uh, the, the point is that. And it's divided by the road, as in where the car should be in a bike, by these orange bullards that are basically being hammer drilled into the ground at like six foot gaps. But then every time there's a drive or a turn in, there's no bullards. Uh, (laughs) So I'm trying to work out actually how safe is it for, for the cyclist. And then there's one bit where you have to 
uh, go through a set of traffic lights on the kind of like T-junction. And because of the way that the bike lane and now these things stick out, you have to swerve in a car to actually miss the uh, bullards. And if there's a lorry coming the other way, you're pretty stuffed, basically. And then at the end of the road, there's a mini roundabout. And in order for the lorries to go round the mini roundabout, they've taken out a dozen of these cones already anyway that are flat. And it's like, what idiot or who allowed it in the first place to happen? Is, is it the same thing that you're finding? Uh, yeah. It, I mean, stories just like that. And whether it be for bikes or it be for buses, there's just all these roads where you look at it as someone who's lived here for a, you know, a portion of your life and drives these roads. And instantly you can say that makes no sense. There's no way that that helps anybody. If anything, like you said, it's dangerous. You're, you're yeah. going to cause an accident having it like that. And you, that was my question. I'm like, there's no way someone who lives in my area, who drives a car in my area, or even rides a bike in my area, has looked at, has, has came here and said, this is what this needs to be like to, for everyone to have a better experience. So it means that it's someone who sat in an office maybe looked at a picture of the road and gone, well, how about we do this? And they've, and that's just what's happened because there's just no way you, cause like you said, you drive there and you're like, this doesn't work. I can't, I don't know if this, this there is a name for this or a, you know, a thing you can reference to, but this is something that my uh, brother's brought up numerous times over the years. He's a uh, aircraft engineer uh, for one of the big airlines. And so basically fixes the planes and uh, he's a, he, he's been working there 30 odd years now. He's a, uh, an apprentice that then got his job. Uh, working basically on the tools very smart knows what he needs to know he could basically fly a plane fix a plane everything else and uh, he has guys that come in above him on pay grade and status of management uh, who basically tell him what to do on his job but have never touched a tool in their life and he's like, how can these people expect me to do what they want me to do tell me what to do when they haven't even they, they've not even experienced and he's like for instance there if it is a wing repair you have to put rivets down the wing and uh, the you know if you're a couple of mil out that's like millions of pounds worth of damage that you do it, it's precision work and he said he gets these new guys come in like management level and they're like oh i don't know and he's like, oh give me the gun just bam 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 and it's like yeah what what is it these people that of a position that make these choices that have no connection to the real world that they're making choices for it's a mess and it goes this is you know a great that's a great metaphor of what our government is like a lot of the time ah, yes yeah. these you know these eaten boys silver spoon raised yeah nothing wrong with it but you're then trying to make decisions about uh, an area that's just drenched in poverty uh, and you're trying to make decisions for people who they send their kids to school to make sure that the kid gets lunch. And yeah. you, don't, you don't understand that. You can't comprehend that. And yet you're the one in charge of making decisions uh, based upon it. My wife works in a hotel, five-star hotel, and she's a little pastry chef down in the basement. But again, the, the decisions about what they should be making and how much they should be making come from the guys upstairs who have never baked a cake or made a pastry in their life. So they set these unrealistic goals and expectations of them that just physically can't be met. 
Uh, and then when these guys fail to hit their target, it's the little guys who get it in the neck and not these big heads who have actually made the decision. Like, uh, how has the world come to this? Because I can recall, my dad was always self-employed. And I can recall conversations with him about talking about different people he knew growing up and everything. And uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe someone can educate us on this. But back in the day, back whenever that was that I'm referring to, you kind of got to a position of authority or you got to a position of leadership, whatever you want to call it. You got to be the boss by working your way up. You made the tees. You then swept the floor. You then held it. You then hit it. You then uh, wh whatever the the craft or field or uh, whatever uh, industry you were in, and then eventually you get to the top by or you don't or by whatever means. But you've been there and you've done it. And yeah, so what what's happened? Where how has that been allowed to happen? You know where I think it's come from. You can now go to university and you can study management. So just management in general and you can come out as a professional in management and then I think that's the problem is you then go in somewhere up in the middle or up in the top to go manage people with planes in hotels with this with that and like you said you're not coming from the bottom up through your wealth of experience and you know you're a foot soldier and then you work your way up to the desk uh, you you come straight at the desk and it's this idea that management and managing people which it is it's its own skill it's its own thing we know that but it comes from the knowledge doesn't it from from knowing the ins and outs of the business and the ins and outs of how that industry operates and I think that's where there's a bit of a disconnect at the minute yeah so you think you, are you saying education is to blame yeah, big time. I, I think our education system is a mess in general. I don't, I don't think it's geared towards, I don't think it's geared towards getting people the jobs that they would be really good at. And I think things like that, where you can go and study business management, which is just like, what is that? Because what business are we talking about? But yet you can get a, you can get a doctorate in it. You can be a doctor of business management. And that, that sentence alone doesn't make any sense, but there's people who do it and spend thousands and thousands of pounds. And then, like you said, your brother, who's got all the knowledge, he then will be answering to one of these guys who have got one of these degrees, but has maybe not even ever sat in a plane. I think a lot of things in our country, in politics being one of them, which maybe we can talk about uh, next time, uh, but it's politics, religion. It's all those things you're not meant to talk about at the dinner table, isn't it? Uh, but, uh, yeah, education. I, I think it's one of those things which is outdated. I, I don't think it's current. For instance, our 15-year-old daughter is doing English. Uh, she's uh, got a real smart head on her shoulders. She's in top sets and everything else. And I had a real uh, resentment of school. I just had a resentment of the education system and everything else. So I, my opinion and the way that I did it isn't necessarily the best example. So I tell her that and I'll, I'll tell her that you've got an opportunity here. You've got a education system, good, bad or ugly, that 
the majority of children in the world don't have the opportunity to to make the best opportunity whether you like the teacher like them what you're doing or you think it's good or not just make an opportunity with it uh, and so that that's what I reinforce uh, both Laura and I reinforce with her but she's doing English and uh, you know I don't wish to knock anyone that has you know uh, a real understanding of it but she's doing English of Shakespeare again and it's like to me it's just not relevant in the terms of what she could be learning. Why, why aren't they picking out modern day people that are, or more recent people with current, you know, English topics and everything else? Yeah, maybe do a module on uh, Shakespeare, or if you're doing a whatever it's called and you choose to go down that line because you love that, then great or wicked, you know, have a, uh, follow it. But it just seems so outdated. It's laziness. That, that's the way I put it down. I think all curriculums or the majority of them are just bred out of laziness because if you take our sport as an example, uh, we, are, we are constantly trying to evolve ourselves as instructors, as coaches, and every year we're making little changes, you know, whether it be to our syllabus that we teach or how we teach, we're not reinventing the wheel, but every year it's a little tweak. Every year we try and move with the times because if we were doing what we were doing back in the 90s, it wouldn't work anymore. And, that, and people who have done that have been kind of left behind. Uh, there's been an evolution. But the school system doesn't seem to have to worry about this because it's compulsory. And I think that's a huge issue is you have to do it and it's there. So it's like we just cookie cutter this program and just punch out these kids and the ones that are adept at basically just following the rules and sitting the exams, they will do fine. And then anyone who has a bit of a creative or an, a mind that questions things, you're going to end up being a troublesome team because you look at the world a little bit differently. But you're not, I don't necessarily yeah. think you're a bad kid. I think a lot of kids like that are just, their minds are wired differently. And they probably do say, why are we doing Shakespeare? What's the point? And then that's seen as you being unruly and being ungrateful for your education instead of just questioning what is the, the status quo. I think also the education system is very much uh, based on funding, uh, yeah. which is then based on stats and everything else. I think a big part of it is to facilitate that, which is a necessity, I suppose, at the end of the day. But last week, I think it was, we also said, uh, we're both fixers by habit. So how, like, uh, yeah, well, let's definitely talk about politics next week, because I've got, I don't know if I've run it by you, I've got a thing about politics to talk about. That's uh, a but, hot one. <laughs> yeah, hot one. Uh, we still haven't done the social media one as well. We've got to do that at some point. But uh, yeah, same with our academics. How do we fix it? Because I, I'm going to have to go away and think on this now, because if I was given the opportunity to sit in front of a table with brilliant minds and go, okay, right, this is the education system at the moment. It yeah, kind of works, but it's a bit old fashioned. Let's reinvent, not necessarily the will, like you said, but let's reinvent the system or the uh, strategy, the approach to it. Well, how would we fix it? I think it's really difficult because it depends who you're asking as to how and if they want it fixed. I think, and this is getting a little conspiracy theorist. ish I think the powers that be don't want it fixed. And I think it's broken on purpose. Uh, I think it's designed in a way to ensure that the majority of people end up with a subpar 
education and what they're actually trying to churn out is good little boys and girls they just want to churn out yeah they're trying to churn out some good sheep who are going to pay their bills come out earn a half decent wage i'm always the one numbers (laughs) and world so here we are the i I would always be like hippie man yeah you know and you're now saying that it's a is this and I, I'm I'm finding it hard to believe that you think there's a man in a room, a woman, a person in a room that has turned around and said, "No, it's going to stay like this because it controls everyone." You reckon there's I, a proper I, thought going through I wouldn't, our head? I wouldn't go as far as saying that it's you know people round the the wooden table with cloaks uh, and and this is a master plan, but I think. I think it the statistics suits. and everything. Yeah, I, I think it just uh, it works for what it it serves its purpose. Uh, it serves its purpose because all they really care about is getting that two percent out of Oxford and Cambridge and Eton College and all of those places, uh, and they will become the politicians and they will become the prime minister. Therefore, who needs to stay in power stays in power, and what the rest of us do they don't actually really care because that will just kind of work itself out. Some will become doctors, some will become lawyers and the majority of you will just become, it doesn't really matter. And I tell you how that's been enforced recently is with that whole uh, employment scheme where they've just told people, well, you can just retrain and do something yeah. else <laughs> because apparently we're all just interchangeable little cogs in the machine. And as long as we're paying our taxes and not causing too much trouble, they don't actually care what we're doing. Uh, and it's, it's a bit of a cynical thing, but I I've always had it. I like you. I've had a real issue with education all the way through it. And I, you know, I did well with education. I had a degree. I went, did a levels. I did all of that stuff, but I just, the whole way through, I just thought this is bullshit. This is just a BS system. And the only reason I'm going through it is maybe I'm like fortunate enough to have a natural IQ and my brain is programmed the way that suits the system. But I saw all these other kids and I was like, it's not his fault. He just doesn't, he doesn't pick up on stuff like this. But if you gave him something in his hands, he'd do stuff that you'd blow your mind because he's, he's yeah. hands on. And that, that's what I think it goes wrong. So what I think needs to be fixed and whether or not people want to fix it, I think are two very different, different things. Different things. Because there has been uh, in recent times these, I don't know what they're called in your area, but these academies. Yeah, where the same. schools are self-funded or like they're private enterprise aren't they and uh effectively they've got a guideline that they have to do english maths and science but am i right in saying that they don't have to follow the curriculum as such I, no uh, i don't believe they do but they've they've still got to do the exams through the governing body so i guess as long okay. as the kids are passing the governing body exams how they cover it and how they get through it is up to them but then again that's but, not you know, like we say, don't have to reinvent the wheel, don't have to start a new language, but that's no. still not even rolling the wheel any different, is it? It's... Not really, because you're still having to hit the same goalposts, you know what I mean? So yeah. the, whether the curriculum's there or not, the question's the same in the exam and the mark is the same in the exam. And if you don't yeah, sit okay. that exam, yeah. then you, it's not held, uh, you don't, it doesn't have any value. And, that, and that's the yeah. other huge thing, isn't it? You can have all the knowledge, but apparently if you don't have the piece of paper that says you have the knowledge, then you don't have it. 
Uh, and I think yeah. that's a bit of a mess. Well, Cece, uh, we're, we're telling her, like, especially with, uh, you know, some of the core subjects, just learn the code. Just learn how to break the code. There's a question and there's a code to it. You don't actually need to know the subject. You just need to know, okay, what words are they going to go through in this quick scan of market? What, what formula do you need to show? It, it's a, you're not really learning something. You're just learning how to break the system. Yeah. And, and, but that's part of the problem, isn't it? Because you're exactly right in doing that for Cece because she's then going to get the marks that everyone wants yeah. her to get but it's the complete flaw of the system because again, you're just teaching people how to pass tests. You're not actually making them curious about learning and then learning doesn't become a lifelong kind of passion and they don't go out of school curious and wanting to do something for the world. They just go out of school wanting to get the job, to get the paycheck. And we've met so many people in our time who you can see they're just about the paycheck. They don't, they don't care. They don't care if they're passionate about it, if they enjoy it. All they care is, does it pay me enough that I can go to the pub on Saturday uh, and then I'll pick it up again on Monday. But, but it's not their fault. Yeah, and the whole system's open to blagging as well. Like, I, I had a mate growing up who did a uh, master's, uh, is it LSE, the big, uh, yeah, London School of Economics, you know, mm -hmm. a big credible school. And uh, on final, is it called a dissertation when school on the final day when they had to hand everything in, he, he said he literally stood next to the, uh, the room printer, the joint printer, watched for a bit of work to come out, took it over to his comp uh, computer, typed it up in his own words and handed that in. He got a master's in computer programming. He we're talking about someone that doesn't know whether to press any key to start a computer about. And he went for a job and it was a computer relating, uh, computer programming unrelated. But the person said, oh, actually, if you've got that skill, it would be well handy because we've got this. And he was like, oh, no, I'm a bit out of touch. I haven't, I haven't done it for a while. And it's like, yeah, what is all that about? How you can get away with that? Oh, it's, it's beyond madness what you can get away with in the education system. Uh, it's like that, that topic kind of burns me because I just think it's really... Yeah, I'm really a bit un... pissed, to be honest. Yeah, I'm a bit that, pissed right it now. Just, it riles me up because... And the reason it riles us up is because it's, it's not fair on that generation of kids. It's just not fair on the next lot. Like, I, I'm not like, oh, my education, the way it went down on me, but I... I get irritated for you know my future kids and your kids because they're doing them. My IQ terms. is better than yours. And, that, and that's all it that's all it comes down to. That that really is. And you don't have any control of that. And that's where it that's where it gets me. Because your your IQ is, you know, the same as the size of your nose or the you know, the color of your hair. You don't have any control over it. You're born with it. And if you're lucky, it's you know, if you're lucky you've got a high one. If you're unlucky, you've got a low one. But our education system doesn't do anything for people who might not have a high IQ, but like I said, they're really good with their hands or they've got an amazing work ethic or they're creative or something else. It doesn't serve those people. They can still be successful and you can still find a way, but it's so much more difficult. Mm, yeah, and uh, maybe we're wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's still a fixable thing. I think it's yeah. all, it could quite simply change and not cost a lot of money and not cost a lot of aggro. Uh, it, it could, so yeah, let, let's maybe next week chat about fixing the education system, what we'll do. And then, yeah, let's get onto politics. I'll be interested in that. 
Oh, we're opening a can of worms yeah. with politics. If we if we were getting moaned at before, we're going to get moaned at for that one for sure. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe we will enlighten and people will raise up and we'll march on the streets and take some heads and put them on spikes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Quote of the week. Uh, I've, I can't find the quote. Uh, so I know where it is. And uh, if you go with your quote, I should be able to hear you Bluetooth and be oh, back. This is a risky one. This is my time with it. All right, guys. Yeah, so. My quote of the week for everyone who is listening, just in case JC drops off, and I'm going to stall a little bit as I go through it. Uh, this one you all would hear, and you'll hear it on aeroplanes all the time, and it is put your own mask on before assisting others. Uh, and the reason I'm going for this quote, and this is what I was saying about being sick last week, is you need to take care of yourself before you can take care of those you care about. So whether it be your spouse or your kids or anything else, uh, before you can take care of them, you need to ensure that you uh, are being taken care of. So put your mask on before assisting those next to you. Where's that from? Aeroplanes. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know where I don't know where I heard you, it in you, terms you of that. You made uh, it. In the, I thought you were quoting from a from a post. I I am I'm from sure someone, but I don't know where it comes from. But uh, I, I like it either way. Do you know Apple uh, AirPod things? Uh, they go at least three rooms away nice. from the device. So a little bit of trivia there. Right, I wanted. I, it made me think of it. It's 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 quite a big quote actually. It's a bit more of a proverb. You're I good. suppose like a proverb. proverb is good, isn't it? We're using that. Uh, this was uh, written by Lily Beach, who is uh, one of my uh, relations, distance relations. Uh, not my dad's cousin, my granddad's cousin, I think, if I remember rightly. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it was written by her uh, a number of years ago. And we have it hanging in the in our bathroom. And it just felt it was relevant. It came to mind when we were chatting earlier. Time waits for no one, girl or guy as it goes slowly drifting by. Death knows, death knows no boundaries, young or old. It does not wait to be told. We never leave this world complete with everything tied up neat. There are many jobs we leave undone. We shall leave them for the younger ones. Let's stop along this great highway and see the years that have sped by. Three scores and 10 is life's son. It is lifespan. Will you be as lucky as the next man? Slow down your tools and have some fun. Don't wait until your life's work's done. By then, you will find it much too late. Don't just meet your friends at the Golden Gate. So pause a while, look on your life. Do you realise how far you have come? Those years have gone. There's no recall. There's no playback like in football. Life is now, today. Don't worry the best years away. You know what life has in store. Don't wait outside that worry door. Don't look back on life and say what a fool I've been, the years I've wasted, worrying about the great unseen. There are many things to be grateful for. The first is good health that's at the door. If you have this, you hold the master key. All the other problems are like a ripple in the sea. Nice. There you go. I love it. Right. I feel better now. Yeah, I feel feel better. Yeah, we'll fix education next week. You took my anger away there. I was uh, I was steaming before that one. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Cheers, dude. Well, as always, lovely convo. Let's keep it going. Everyone, comment. Hopefully, we can get a few people riled up and uh, get a bit of uh, you know good debate in that going would be good. 
Uh, <laughs> Let's see. So, is there any teachers out there that could educate us and uh, you know those sort of things, governors? Yeah, for sure. Maybe if we can get a guest on at some point, we'll get someone from that uh, that sector yeah. and uh, have a yeah. have a discussion on that one because uh, yeah, with that clearly got us both a bit worked up today. Yeah, oh, I've got someone in mind as I've got someone yeah. in mind for that actually. Yeah, awesome. All right, Thank then, you. guys, we will see you on the next one. Peace, Peace. out.